everything is working fine. How's your life, man? How are you doing? Uh, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, uh, hectic, I would say, uh, despite not having a full-time job. Um, yeah. And I think that happens when you don't have external structure, unless you are super good at creating that structure for yourself, which yeah. I haven't you know, had a chance to exercise that muscle for over 23 years. So it's taking a while for me to uh, get back into that. Yeah, I can totally relate. It's actually not easy at all. I think this, um, this song, I don't know, it's resonated with me quite a bit. And yesterday also, so there's um, deprivation cameras, right? When you completely alone insult. And the uh, song I'm referring to is at um, radio by okay. 21 Pilots. And he's singing about how he's in a car and radio is broke and he can okay. listen to the music and he's driving long distance, right? And he was like, oh my God, I have to listen to my own thoughts. <laughs> I have to stay in my own framework without anybody giving me like a tune, like a beat or anything, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was thinking about it, this, this, is, this is not easy. This is not something we get by default. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. <clears throat> there's maybe this assumptions that, hey, everyone have to be good alone. But it's yeah. not true, we're not born alone, right? We're born as, yeah. as a symbiote, basically, with our mothers. And yeah. we listen to their voices even before we're born. So we yeah. always have someone else giving us this beat, giving yeah. us a voice, yeah. guiding us somewhere. And then later in life, we're starting to kind of ritualize ourselves, right? Mm. Uh, separate, separate, separate in different ways. Yeah. And then we're going through life. And I think this, this point when you mature, when you're yeah. capable of being alone and capable to create your own structure. I think yeah. first of all, it comes to different people at different times. And then even if you, if you get there, mm. it doesn't mean that it's going to stay there, right? I mean, at some point in life, maybe you enjoyed being alone and have your own structure and have your own beat and have your own voice, all of that, right? But then maybe you decided to venture into a relationship or to get a job or whatever it is, right? And yeah. these things shape you and you shape yourself to be part of that and when you did that you maybe lost <clears throat> some part of your voice right and maybe if you if you now are again alone trying to figure it out or not necessarily alone like in your case you have your family your wife everything right but still it's very different experience to go on this journey and find your own voice when you used to be in a very different environment very true yeah uh, that's that's very well put i mean uh, we sort of build our own voice but we're constantly looking for other people's voices as well because that's the way that we as humans are sort of uh, conditioned you know uh, right from birth you're absolutely right and i think that that's true both at the actual physical voice sense as well as you know the broader definition of voice which is thoughts and i think what ends up happening is that people literally go crazy when they can't hear other people's voices. And I'm actually seeing an example of that where my own father is actually potentially going to have, uh, you know, early on, well, early or whatever, an onset of dementia because mm. he had lost hearing and he refused to wear hearing aids. And now, we're looking at potential dementia and the doctors are actually pointing to the fact that, oh, because you didn't have a hearing aid in, 
and you weren't actually, you know, taking in that input, which is so essential to you, uh, your mind is breaking down. So it's, it's not just, you know, somebody feeling sad in a car because the radio break, broke down, you know, it literally is mental health. It literally is uh, a matter of uh, people re retaining their sanity. And I think it kind of plays very well into what's happening as a result of this pandemic as well, which is that people talk about the virus and the impact of the health, uh, the physical health. And uh, people are also worried about older people and the fact that they feel lonely. And that's true. But what about people in their 20s? I mean, that's the time, you know, when you're getting out of your teens and your 20s and your 30s, that's when you're forming that, that network you know, which is yeah. going to literally sustain you through life, right? Exactly. Uh, like maybe, maybe you're not at risk of dementia, right, at this early age, but what you're at risk at is not being underdeveloped as a person, right? Like not, not hearing, not truly hearing the voices. Or I would put it differently, not really participating in conversations, in meaningful right. conversations. It's, a, it's what depriving you from a chance to grow, mm. <clears throat> like 100%. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that two-way communication is uh, such a fundamental part of, um, you know, homo sapiens, really, you know, humans, that if we don't have that, uh, something something will break down, you know, something breaks yeah. down. I think, like, the way I see that, and I'm, I'm not a, a neuroscientist at all, but it appears to me that the way our brain is wired is around these uh, conversations like broad term conversations, right? Interactions with other human beings, with, uh, with nature, with, with our own internal world. But we, we have to have these conversations. And this uh, a research I saw from Brian, uh, this um, voice first expert guy, right? And he, mm. he mentioned a few things which were absolutely fascinating. He was talking about it regarding um, the, the uh, mask, link project, right? This this idea of connecting cheap to your brain. Okay. And he was talking about how this might not work the way you think about it, because the model of our brain is that yeah. inside our brain we have this conversation going on as well. So there's there's a center of our brain which is not necessarily talking, like he, yeah. he later built on that, explains this is not exactly um how we speak, like we speak, we speak in a very different way from the way our brain having this conversation. Oh yeah. Um, he was talking yeah. about some kind of vector, vector data, like some kind of things which are encoded very differently from just words. It's not written language. Yeah. It's more the language of our memories, right? The, yeah. the language of very phase, like we can, we don't have memories as video or audio, right? We have memories yeah. as this construct underlying construct, which yeah. we can use to recreate yeah. our memories, right? And he yeah. was basically talking about this. We have this constant um, flow, this conversation of our consciousness inside yeah. us. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you tap into that, this mm -hmm. is the closest you can get to what, what this person is, right? This is, a, this is the way how you can get into this um, interface, which is kind of voice, but it's not necessarily voice it's not like Siri voice. It's not like, hey, um, um, S word, do me, uh, play me this music or something like that. It's a very different idea. It's not a voice interface, meaning that you interact with your voice. You may use sign language, right? 
but it's still, it's still voice interface in a sense that inside us, and sorry, it was very, very long way to put it. Inside us, we have this voice. And this voice is who we are. Hmm. Yeah. I think the, the way I'm hearing what, what you're saying is uh, almost like I, I would put it in the context of syntax, right? So, um, and, and syntax one and two, I think the computer analogy is like uh, synchronous versus asynchronous communication. And I think, I think our thoughts are first of all asynchronous. I don't think they are necessarily synchronous. I don't think one, the conversations happening in our head are literally like we understand conversation, mm -hmm. I, you know, stimulus response, stimulus response. I think there's, there's this stuff just flowing in, in different directions. Um, uh, and I, I certainly would not want to be inside my head actually physically because <laughs> that'll be driving me crazy. But the other thing I think is that it's also syntax, which is that what you said about languages, like different languages have completely different syntaxes, right? But yeah. I can't believe that our brains are so different on the inside. I mean, I'm again, not a neuroscientist, but I, I have a feeling that whatever is happening inside our brains at, at a more fundamental level in terms of the conversations that you talked about, that must be the same across all. Mm people right but then the way we we uh, sort of communicate with each other using different languages uh, mm. is 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 different you know so there must be something to it which um which is um you know more fundamental i would say yeah it's interesting you're saying that because I, I would assume opposite right but i can i can see where you're coming from you can kind of say like, hey, fundamentally, we are the same. We have basic fundamentals inside. So maybe concepts are kind of in our brains, the way we actually think, mm -hmm. have to be similar, right? And in I my mind, it was that, always like... I mean, many of those concepts predate language. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Yeah. So on hardware level, you're probably right. But I also feel as though like uh, our brains and our, like this amazing capacity of our brain and our, our kind of software layer on top of yeah. our brains, yeah. To be flexible is incredible. So we, on one hand, I think we, we, we it's, you're probably right. There's some fundamentals which unite us and this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also true that we can easily create abstract ideas like ideologies or this uh, funny words like um, trust or hope yeah. or love, but which are complete abstractions. They don't have any physical representations. So yeah. it's easy for us to define them in a completely opposite way Right, yeah. what what some person feels as love, other person feel as abuse, right? Yeah. And it's literally to the level when it's when people don't understand each other at all, despite yeah. having the same fundamentals of the brain. Yeah. What Brian was what Brian was pointing out is that a device which could be able to to listen and kind of to to interact with you on the level of your like this core consciousness, right? Co mm -hmm. Core conversation, core voice inside you. Yeah. That would be, that would be like in, in his mind, and again, it's my understanding of his work is that would be the last interface. Right? This would be, um, That's that true. would be the ideal way yeah. to, to, to interact with a personal computer. And if yeah. you go below that, like basically, maybe by opposite, it's very clear. He was saying that if you go below that, if you go into raw output of the brain, yeah. Unfortunately, you will not, never be able to make sense of it. Like it will be noise, right? It will be a ton of signals. Yeah. As you said, like there's a ton of 
a ton of processes going on and, and there's a lot of low level processes exactly. as well. I almost feel like one step below that is no longer consciousness. It's, uh, you know, chemical reactions, biological reactions, That's physical true. reactions, right? So, yeah, it's happening and it's interesting, but, you know, um, it's interesting on a different abstraction, but it's not consciousness. It's the sum total of all those reactions, uh, which then gives rise to what we call consciousness or cognition, right? So, uh, you know, what allows us to abstract and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I agree. And I think it will be very interesting to see how how that develops because uh, it is one of those things which um, I think, again, going back to the way that we met around wait, but why, right? And, uh, uh, you know, Tim's uh, sort of... uh, uh, I think series that he did on Elon Musk, which included the piece about the brain machine interface. I, I really dug that, dug into that uh, a lot at that time. And it became clear to me that it's come, it, it, there's no easy way to predict how that's going to look like. There's no easy way to know whether it'll actually even work because you don't know at what layer of abstraction will my consciousness be able to talk to your consciousness. Exactly. Or whether that's even possible outside the brain. And, and when it still makes sense for you, right? So there's exactly. like, I, I, I often feel as though like, you know, I have this ups and downs, right? And it's, uh, uh, I'm currently going through my hypermania phase, right? I'm, I'm very active. Yeah. And uh, um, it is, on one hand, it's a blessing. On the other hand, it's a curse, right? Mm-hmm. What is interesting is that when I, when I active like this, one mm-hmm. is the problem I have, I have so much going on in my brain mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to output it in a meaningful way. So I may, especially like even nowadays, but before as well, like I would do this mistake trying mm-hmm. to communicate too much, not caring about my maybe grammar too much, right? And sure. what will happen is that uh, I'm saying things which make sense, but I'm saying them so fast. Right. And so unfiltered that people mm-hmm. perceive me as a crazy person, and uh, um, and and it and it's it's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if someone will come to you on the street and start talking, talking, talking about too many things at the same time, you will see this person probably like lose their mind, right? They they don't control the output anymore. Like yeah. if someone like compulsory talking on the street, right? This is kind of yeah. you see this person like doing gesticulation and talking compulsory, you say, oh, this is a crazy guy, yeah. right? You don't need to be a psychiatrist to make to jump to this conclusion, right? What yeah. you see is see a person who doesn't control its own voice anymore, and it feels as though that maybe processes inside his brain kind of taking over of his output, and kind yeah. of, kind of exposing like he's almost like a mentally naked, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's no filter. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. the filter is extremely important because consciousness is a filter. Like this exactly. is, I think this is the key understanding for me from this last two years of thinking about this quite a bit is that consciousness is a filter. Yeah. We, we exclude the world to be yeah. conscious yeah. and we exclude our thoughts to be, to be perceived as conscious as well. Right? When we talk with other humans, we take in this burden ourselves to mm. filter out so that we understood. Yeah.